Today, I've got a scripture I want to share with you and some encouragement that I believe the Lord wants speaks to us as we come to the end of these, uh, of these uh, three months in this upper room season. So we're going to go to 1 Peter chapter 2, 9 to 10. And I always love going into different books that maybe I haven't preached out of recently. And I don't remember the last time I preached out of 1 Peter. So I'm excited to go. But let's pray together. Father, we come before you in Jesus' name. Lord, we thank you for this day that you've made. We rejoice and we're glad in it. Father, we thank you so much for this opportunity we have to be here. God, to worship, to hear your word, to build relationships, community, and unity together. And Father, we thank you for all that you're doing in our church family. Lord, we thank you for all that you've done over these last three months. And we also thank you for all the seeds that have been sown during this time. And Father, we thank you for your promise in your word that you will not be mocked. Whatever a man sows, he will also reap. And so even as we've sowed to the Spirit and we've sowed to the things of the Spirit, I thank you for a great harvest that is going to be coming in the weeks and the months to come. And even as we come into 2024, God, we thank you for a great harvest in the name of Jesus. And so, Lord, we just believe, I pray blessing over every person in this place. Father, I pray and I thank you for the work of your Holy Spirit in their lives. God, I thank you that you are doing a deep work in the lives of every person here, in the lives of every individual, Father. Lord, that you are stirring up new things. And even as that word came forward on Friday night, God, that you're doing a new thing. God, and can we not perceive it? Can we not discern what you are doing, God? You're making a way in the wilderness. You're making streams in the desert. And we thank you for the new things in Jesus' name. And I also just want to pray into this because it really got stirred in my heart, my friend. Father, we thank you as well. Even as we look into 2024, God, I believe for every person in this place that is believing you for a godly spouse. And Father, we thank you and we believe for godly spouses for every person that is believing you for this, Father. Lord, I thank you just even in this coming year, God, for divine connections, God. Lord, for for just the right open doors, God. Lord, the right person, not just any person, God, not just any old person, but your right person in people's lives. And we thank you for this and we agree in Jesus' name. We thank you that 2024, 2025, God, we're going to have many, many weddings because we're going to have many people who you've been connecting in Jesus' name. God, and we also in that moment pray for marriages today. God, there's some marriages in here. God, I just bless every marriage in this place. And God, there's some marriages that are maybe struggling right now, that it's hard, it's difficult. Couples are coming in. You know, we always look good on the outside for a Sunday morning, but inside it can be very difficult. And Lord, I thank you for your work in marriages in Jesus' name. God, I thank you for your work, just unity between couples. Lord, we take authority over the enemy's plan to bring division. We bind and rebuke it now in Jesus' name. And God, I thank you that couples will embrace humility. God, they'll embrace repentance. God, they will not listen to the lies of the enemy, but they will receive your truth in every way. And yeah, just people in here. I just feel to minister this a moment. There's just, there's some marriages in here and the enemy's really had an assault against your marriage. And the Lord just says, don't listen to his lies. Don't listen to his lies, but listen to my truth. Listen to my truth that I'm speaking. And so we thank you for this in Jesus name. And everybody who agreed said, Amen, amen, amen. So I'm serious. I'm going to keep praying. I I am praying I want weddings in Jesus' name. Godly, right weddings. Listen, don't go marry, don't go trying to marry some jacked up, you know, problematic, don't love Jesus, etc. We don't want those kind of weddings, all right? But I'm looking for godly, amazing spouses. I want to be busy, okay? Keep keep the church busy. Keep us busy. Amen. And, and, and let's believe for that. It's okay to believe for that. You know that? 
Amen? Now, now, I mean, not when you're too young, not, you know, like kind of, the youth group kind of close your ears. I'm not trying to get you all married just yet. You know, I'm looking at my daughter. I'm like, we've got a long time before, but you know, right? It's just like, you're still daddy's girl right now, but you know, we're believing God for godly spouses. And it's okay to believe for that. It's okay to desire that, to want that. It's not wrong. It's a blessing from God. Embrace and enjoy the season that you're in. Don't make it an idol, right? That's the balance. You don't make it an idol that you love more than Jesus or you're going to throw in the towel in your faith because this isn't happening the way I want to yet. Don't go down that road, but still believe God. And it's an interesting conversation too. There's some of you that you, you have the right person. You're just scared to take the step. And God says it's time to take the step, okay? So it's always going to be a step of faith. Always going to be a step of faith. Amen. I'll get quiet now. I'll get a little uncomfortable. <laughs> Amen. So, so sometimes, you know, it's just like you don't need to date somebody for six, seven, eight years trying to figure out. It's just if they're on point and you're on point in God. Amen. Okay, good preaching, Pastor. Okay, so let's go. First Peter 2, 9, 10. And so, gentlemen, you got to get the ring and, and you need to, to pop the question. All right? Amen. So, praise God. Amen. Okay. I, I don't know where that all came from, but in Jesus' name. <laughs> Amen. I saw someone said, yes, you do. All right. So somebody's praying, pulling on that, everything else. I don't come here just yes, preach it, Pastor, in Jesus' name. You need to speak that. Okay, all right. First Peter 2, 9 and 10. But you are a chosen generation. Everybody say chosen generation. A royal priesthood. Everybody say a royal priesthood. A holy nation. Everybody say a holy nation. His own special people. Somebody say, I'm special. That you may proclaim the praises of him who's called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Who, are not, who once were not a people, but are now the people of God. Who had not obtained mercy, but now have obtained mercy. And I want to encourage you with several things out of this passage. I believe they're things that are always applicable to us. But I really feel them so strongly in this time as we come out of this season of prayer and fasting, as we come out of this season of seeking God. And I really want to encourage you with some things I believe the Lord would want to say to us individually, but also corporately as a church as we come to the end of this time. And the first thing that I believe that God wanted to say to us is simply this, that you are a chosen generation. Everybody say a chosen generation. God has chosen you, and God has called you. And I want to say that over you individually, but I also want to say that over us corporately as a church family, Toronto City Church. God has chosen us, and God has called us. And that's part of what even launched us into this season three months ago, was hearing the call of God. That there was a choosing of God, but he was calling to us. He's saying, will you respond, and will you say yes? Everybody say, a chosen generation. Isaiah 43, 1-2, I love this passage, it says this, But now thus says the Lord who created you, O Jacob, who formed you, O Israel, Fear not, for I have redeemed you. I have called you by name, you are mine. When you pass through the waters, I'll be with you, and through the rivers they shall not overwhelm you. And when you walk through fire, you shall not be burned, and the flames shall not consume you. Guys, I love it, it starts, I believe this is the word of the Lord, he says, Fear not. Fear not, don't be afraid. You know, we live in a world right now where there's a lot of chaos, there's a lot of things going on, and we could be afraid. Many of us in our own personal lives, there's things that are unknown. There's things that battles and challenges are facing. God wants to say to us again today, do not be afraid. And why does he say do not be afraid? Because he says, I have redeemed you. 
What does it mean that he's redeemed us? Redeem means to buy back. It almost was a picture of the word redemption was where someone maybe was taken into slavery and someone would come and would pay the price to set them free. They redeemed them. And God says, I have redeemed you. Not does he say I've redeemed you. He says, but I've called you by name. I love the personal nature of this. Sometimes we hear these things in generalities, but we feel insecure and we feel like that doesn't really apply to me. But God says, no, I've called you by name. And he says, you are mine. And he says, when you pass through the waters, I'll be with you. And through the rivers, they will not overwhelm you. I'm not going to get you to raise your hand, but there's a lot of people in this place. You feel overwhelmed by life right now. You feel overwhelmed by some things going on around you. But God says, listen, I've redeemed you. I've called you my name. You are mine. And when you go through the rivers, they will not overwhelm you. When you go through the fire, you should not be burned. Now, I, I, I wish he said, I've redeemed you. I've called you my name. You will never pass through the waters. You will never go through rivers and you'll never face fire. But you know what? It doesn't say that. I would prefer that. I would prefer God just took me out of all the rivers, took me out of all the fires. But God says, no, no, you're still going to go through them. But know in the middle of them you don't have to be afraid because I've redeemed you. I've called you by name. You are mine. And when you walk through the waters, I'm with you. You are not going to be overwhelmed by the rivers. And if you go through a fire, it will not burn you. you got a little bit of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego on you. As you stand with me, you will go into the fiery furnace, but you will not be burned. Why? Because the fourth man will show up in the fire, the one who is with you. But see, it all starts starts with God saying, I've chosen you. I love John 15, verse 16. It says this, you did not chose me, but I chose you, and I appointed you that you should go and bear fruit and that your fruit should abide. So whatever you ask the Father in my name, he may give it to you. I love this. He said, it didn't start with us. It started with him. You're here today because he chose you. There was still an element. We'll talk in a second about our response to that, but he said, I chose you. I love Esther 4.14. I know most of us here are familiar with the story of Esther. Maybe some of us would not, but the children were taken into captivity in Babylon, and then subsequent kingdoms took over, and they're there. And Esther was a beautiful young Jewish girl who ended up, through God's grace, rising to become queen. But she was brought into the you know, she was brought up for a very special purpose because there was an evil, wicked man that wanted to wipe out the Jews and wipe out God's people, and now she was positioned to take a stand, but she had to go before the king. And even though she was queen, the way the dynamics were set up, unless she was summoned, if she went before the king, she could herself die. So it was not a, uh, not a light or an easy thing. But in Esther 4.14, it says this, For if you keep silent at this time, relief and deliverance will rise for the Jews from another place, but you and your father's house will perish. And who knows whether you've not come into the kingdom for such a time as this. Come on, somebody say, I've come into the kingdom for such a time as this. Toronto City Church, God has brought us into the kingdom, and even though we're 35 years old as a church, and even though there's a lot of history there, and there's a lot of things that God does, I believe that he's been building something for such a time as this. He brought you here for such a time as this. Some of you have only been here for several months because God brought you to this church, but he brought you here for such a time as this. He chose you. He called you. He brought you to this place. He brought you where you are. He brought you through the waters and the fires of your your life and even what the devil meant for evil he said I'm going to turn for good and I but all this come to this point because I brought you for such a time as this but I love it because it goes to Matthew 22 14 and it says this there's a little change but it says for many are called but few are chosen I don't know about you but that 
at first glance, be confused. Like, Wait a minute, I thought God chose me. So why does it say many are called but few are chosen? I like the Passion Translation. I feel like it helps you understand a little more what God's saying in this. It says this, for everyone is invited to enter in, but few respond in excellence. And I want to encourage you because this season has been about God calling us. About us being a chosen generation. But we still have a choice to say yes. We still have a choice to say yes to him. How many played like a schoolyard game or sports game when you were younger and you had to pick teams? And you kind of line up and you have two captains and the captains would pick their team and nobody wanted to be the last one picked, right? Nobody wanted to be at the very end, but you wanted to pick your team. Now, how many know they could choose you, but you still had to say yes? Now, it's not like you could just go join the other team, but you could sit down. You could say, I'm not going to play. I'm not going to do it. And see, God is looking in this time, guys, and even as we come to the end of this season where we said yes to God, we're going to go through December and just have some great family time and some great time as a church family. We're going to get ready for January. We're going to get ready for 2024 and all that God is doing. But God is saying you are a chosen generation, but he is looking for those who will respond in excellence. He is looking for those who will say yes to him. He is looking for those who will continue to say yes to you. I'm yes to him. I'm thankful for all the people people in this place over the last three months who've been saying yes to God. We've been saying yes to gather on a Friday night. We've been saying yes to get up early at 6 a.m. on a Wednesday morning. Maybe you couldn't even make those times because of your life schedule, but you still said yes to God in this season. I'm thankful, but the heart and the call, guys, is will we continue to say yes to him? Will we continue to respond in excellence? He's saying, I'm choosing you, but will we say yes? Come on, somebody say yes. You know, 2 Timothy 2, verse 20 and 21 says this. It says, now in a great house, there are not only vessels of gold and silver, but also of wood and clay, some for honorable use and some for dishonorable. Now, I love this because you read this verse. We're going to go to 21 in a second. You know, and you read this, I would you, but you kind of picture, well, man, I wonder what kind of vessel I am. It almost gives this picture like in the house of God. And every one of us are vessels. And I'll but you kind of say, okay, well, there's some that are for honorable purposes that are gold and silver. There's others for dishonorable purposes that are, that are uh, wood and clay. And a lot of times we think, well, I wonder what I am. You know, a lot of us struggle with insecurity. So we just think, well, I guess I'm probably a wood or clay vessel. You know, like Pastor Brendan preaching or this person who seems really on fire and anointed. They're probably there, but I'm just wood or clay. But watch what it says in 21. It says, therefore, if anyone cleanses himself from what is dishonorable, he will be a vessel for honorable use, set apart as holy, useful to the master of the house, ready for every good work. In other words, guys, do you realize God isn't the one who chooses what kind of vessel you are? You and I are the ones who choose what kind of vessels we're going to be. We are the ones who choose. It's not just, oh, well, you're just saying, God is looking for those. He's going to call. He's going to put the call out, but he's looking for those who will say yes. Who will say yes in this coming season? Who will respond in excellence? Who will understand that God is choosing you, but we still need to respond to his choosing? Who will say yes to God? Come on, somebody say yes. This is what we believe God, but I don't just want it yes on a Sunday afternoon when we're in church, and that's what we're supposed to say. My prayer and my belief and my heart is that you will say yes to God on a Monday morning. You will say yes to God on a Tuesday. You'll say yes to God on a Wednesday, a Thursday, a Friday. We come into the month of December, and you'll say yes. As we come into 2024, you say yes, that we will be those who say yes to the choosing of God. Come on, somebody say it again. Just say yes. 
All right, so we say that God says you are a chosen generation. The second thing I want to bring from this passage is he also says to us that I've called you to be a royal priesthood. Everybody say a royal priesthood. Now, I know this can sound like a little bit of funny language to some of us, especially if we come from a Christian tradition where the priests were like the pastors or the leaders. But the Bible actually teaches us that every believer is a priest before God. It's not necessarily a priest where you work in a church or you work in a job, but we're all called to be priests. We are a royal priesthood. What is a priest? Well, really simply, a priest is this. A priest is someone who ministers to the Lord, because that's what priests would do. They would offer sacrifices and care for the temple, and they would minister to the Lord. And then a priest is someone who ministers then to people on behalf of the Lord. And see, in the Old Testament... There was a few select people from the tribe of Levites who would become priests. And that was their job. Their job was to do it. And everybody else would relate to God through the priests. But then we come in the New Testament through Jesus where we become a royal priesthood. And it's part of even Martin Luther had talked about it in the Reformation, the priesthood of every believer. But then each one of us recognizes our call to be priests before God. That we are called to minister to the Lord and then we are called to minister to people on behalf of the Lord. And so family, I want to encourage you even as much as God is saying to us, you are a chosen generation. God is also saying to us, you are a royal priesthood. You are son, and will each one of us continue to answer the call first and foremost to minister to the Lord? That was the priest's number one job. But so often we fall into this dynamic of somebody else doing it. But that's one of the things that was so beautiful about this season. It was even like when we were here on Friday night and we were worshiping God and there was such a beautiful presence of God. And then we went to some prayer and then we went back to worship. And then we were going to go back into some more prayer, but we just felt like, no, we just need to stay here right now. Because there's something about worship where we minister to God. It's like the psalmist said in one, Psalm 103, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that's within me. Bless his holy name. And I was talking about this several weeks ago. So often we want God to bless us, but where are the people who will bless the Lord? Where are the people who will bless his holy name? Where are the people who say, this is not just about me and what I can get and my salvation and my comfort, but I want to be someone who blesses the Lord. I want to be a priest who ministers to God. And so I want to encourage you, even as we come into this December season, we talked last week about having that daily appointment with Jesus. Even though we may not be having some prayer and worship gatherings publicly, why not have some prayer and worship gatherings privately? Why not have some time, just even if it's just you and Jesus, but where we continue to minister to the Lord and we continue to bless the Lord, and then even as we come into 2012, that we would be a church filled with people with this heart to bless the Lord. And all with that heart to bless the Lord, but then out of that place, we will minister to those who are around us. God's calling us to a new place. Again, it's not just for a few people. It's not just for a few individuals, but all of us, that we love on people, minister to people, pray for people, that we share the gospel. Come on, somebody say we're a royal priesthood. And so in this season, I believe God wants to take us to a new place of living out, being a chosen generation, living out, being a royal priesthood. What's the third one that I believe God wants to speak to us? God wants us to know that we are a holy nation. Everybody say a holy nation. Now, there was a real strong, if you missed last week's message, you can always go back and listen to it, but there was a real strong emphasis of the Holy Spirit last week around consecration and holiness. And guys, I really don't want us to miss this. There was so much of this season. Consecration means to set yourself apart. Holiness is setting yourself apart from sin unto God. And I believe even as we come out of this time, 
as we look to go forward, God is calling every one of us to a higher. It's calling you higher. Let's go back to 2 Timothy 2.20 again. Let's read it again. It says, now in a great house, there are not only vessels of gold and silver, but also wood and clay, some for honorable use and some for dishonorable use. Therefore, if anyone cleanses himself from what is dishonorable, they will be a vessel for honorable use, set apart as holy, useful to the master of the house, ready for every good work. It's a call to holiness. It's a call to consecration. And God is calling, I believe he's speaking and wanting to speak to each one of us about moving higher. You know, there was a book that came out a number of years ago, and it was quite well known in the business and leadership community. And it was by a man named Jim Collins. It was called Good to Great. And in that book was they did studies on different companies, and they tried to identify what were the differences between good companies versus great companies. And how do you move? Because sometimes that's the hardest jump to make from good to great. You know when you're bad, and everybody wants to change when you're bad. But God wants us to move from good to great. And I want to encourage you in this season, family, that God wants so many of us. You know, there's some of us in here, and this call to holiness is about the hidden sin that's still in your life. This call to holiness is about where you're playing games with God, and you're playing games with the things of God. And God loves you so much. He's got so much for you. Stop playing in the mud. Stop fooling around with foolishness and get on with the purposes and call of God in your life. It's time for you to rise to a place of consecration of holiness. Listen, stop playing in the world, but then also trying to play in God. You have one foot in the dock, one foot on the boat. You're just going to end up in deep water. That's just the way it works. Stop it. Repent. Obey God. Turn some things around. And there's people in here who are like that, but I actually believe today there's a lot of people that you're good. Now, I know no one's good except God alone. I, I, I don't mean in that context. But you pray. You read your Bible. You come to church. You know, you, 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 you're doing okay with things. You're doing good. And I believe God would say to you, it's time as we come towards 2024, I'm calling you to great. I'm calling you not just to good, but I'm calling you to great. It's a little bit like uh, anyone, any, uh, any athletes, do you have anyone here who played uh, or did sports at a college level? College level, okay, we got some college level athletes here. Okay, we got a bunch of people. Anyone kind of went professional Olympics and any kind of that type of vibe? I mean, I know I was calling out Paul for service. Paul would have gone there. God took him a different direction. How many people played house league? How many people never played sports at all? You're just like, I didn't do sports whatsoever. You know what? There's a big difference between house league and what you could say I'll call Olympic level. Now, I'm not trying to preach against House League. House League is good. House League, everybody's involved. Everybody's welcome. You don't have to train. You don't really have to go to practice. You don't really have to work your skills. You just show up, do your thing, equal playing time for everybody. Everybody gets a trophy. Right? That's just the way House League works. Now, it's not necessarily a bad thing. That's good for certain things. But there's an element, though, and it doesn't really affect the rest of your life. You show up. If you show up, you don't show up. But you talk about someone who's an Olympic-level athlete, it affects every area of their life. It affects how they sleep. It affects what time they go to bed. It affects what time they wake up. Excuse me, it affects how they what, what food they consume and how much they consume. It is a total life commitment. And I believe the word of the Lord for many people in here is God is calling you to move from house league Christianity to Olympic level Christianity. That God is saying to you, listen, house league is not bad. It's a good place to start. But God is saying, I'm calling so many of you to move from good to great. I'm calling you to a higher level of consecration. I'm calling you to a greater place of devotion. Because there's some things I have for you to do, and house league Christianity is not going to get you there. 
Come on, somebody say it's time to step up. It's time for you to step up in your consecration. We are called to be a holy nation. Everybody say holy nation. I think the Apostle Paul spoke really well to this in 1 Corinthians 9, 24 to 27. He said, don't you realize that in a race everyone runs, but only one person gets the prize. So run to win. All athletes are disciplined in their training. They do it to win a prize that will fade away, but we do it for an eternal prize. So I run with purpose in every step. I am not just shadow boxing. I discipline my body like an athlete, training to do what it should. Otherwise, I fear that after preaching to others, I myself might be disqualified. Guys, there's many of us in this place, well, really all of us in some degree, but I feel this is a word for so many of us. God says it's time to move from good to great. It's time to move from spiritual house league to spiritual Olympic level in your life. God is saying, I'm calling you higher. And you know, if we talked about in the natural, many of us, no matter how hard we trained, we would never be able to get to an Olympic level. Why? Because we don't have the DNA, right? No matter how hard I train, I'll never look like Paul. I'll never be as fast as Paul. I'll never have muscles like Paul has muscles. It doesn't matter. Why? Because he has a different father than I had, and he had a different DNA. But in the spirit realm, we all have a DNA of God the Father. And I want you to know that you can get to that level if you will just follow what Paul said and you run to win. It is time to run to win. Guys, and many of us, God is saying to you, this has been good. It's not even a rebuke. But he's saying, will you come higher for my purposes? I'm choosing you. I'm going to train you. I'm going to prepare you. I mean, it's like you got the best trainer in the history of the sport, and you've got the talent in the DNA to make it, and he's saying, I will prepare you for this, but I just need you to say yes. Who will say yes? Who will say yes to his choosing? Who will say yes to the royal priesthood? Who will say yes to the holy nation? Come on, say it again, holy nation. Come on, guys. I just feel like there's such, there's like this encouragement right now that God, it's just so strong in my heart. There's so many in this place, and it's like you've got this invitation from the Lord to step up. Say yes. Say yes to what he's saying to you. Say yes. It requires a step of faith. But make that decision and say yes. So we see that, and Arnold, Arnold wants to come back and join me. We see here that God wants to know we're a chosen generation. Come on, everybody say chosen generation. Listen, hear me. God chooses you. You're not just a face in the crowd. You're not just another number. And so many of us battle with insecurity. I mean, we kind of go to the spectrum. Some of us battle with pride. <laughs> and so if you battle with pride, God wants you to know that, you know, he, he not, didn't choose you because you're great. <laughs> he chooses weak vessels to do his purposes. <laughs> but, you know, I find most of us, we don't get on that side. Most of us just feel like, well, I just don't know. No, but God says, I called you by name. It's not an accident that you're here hearing this message this morning. He said, I redeemed you. I choose you. Now that he says, I've called you to a royal priesthood. I've called you to be a holy nation. It's interesting, too, because there's actually a progression here. We say yes to being the chosen generation. And then we learn to be a royal priesthood because everything comes from intimacy with God and then ministering to others. Because so often we can want to do great things for God, but we want to do them for the wrong reasons. Now, there's nothing wrong with wanting to do great things for God. I want to I be around people who want to do great things for God. I want to be around people who have spiritual ambition. 
Pastor Sharon has a great teaching on this where don't just sit back there and kind of go, God's blessed you with so much. Don't just sit back and be like, well, I'll just take my, you know, kind of just enjoy this and go to heaven. No, have, have, have passion for God. Have passion to do great things. It's not sinful to want to do great things for God. But it is sinful to want to do great things for me. But don't allow the fear of that to stop you from trying to accomplish great things for God. But you start by saying yes to his choosing. Responding in excellence. And then you learn as a royal priesthood. And then you grow into being a holy nation. But it's the consecration, guys. It's the consecration. Actually, I had one of our members talk to me in first service, and she recently just moved to Canada, and she said, Pastor, I just wanted to share with you this week. She said, before I moved to Canada, God told me I was coming to Canada. He told me there was going to be a great revival in Canada. And she said, being here at the church, I really feel like God showed me that this church is supposed to be part of that and part of what God's doing. But she said, the Lord's been speaking about Jehovah Makedesh, the Lord who sanctifies. And it's embracing. Will we... Like, guys, this is, like, it's nice. You can preach and sounds great. No, no. God's looking for sanctified vessels. He's looking for people who will go all in in consecration. And I love this because, but we're vessels who can talk back. Right? Like, I've got some vessels in my house. No, it's kind of an older English word. I got some plates. I got some bowls. I mean, Pastor Sharon went out. We got, we got the, the new home, and she got us. We, we said, let's get some new, because, you know, over years, you kind of get this mishmash. Of, it happens to anybody else. All these mishmash of bowls and plates, and they're chipped, and you don't know where you got that one from. You got this weird colored one over here. So we said, let's just get some new ones. And she got these really cool. She came back. She said, yeah, they said they're kind of new. It's kind of like this, not like a deep bowl. It's more like kind of a salad bowl. I love the thing. I think it's great. But, you know, if I want that bowl, I just take that bowl. The bowl doesn't say nothing to me. Can you imagine I go to the bowl? The bowl said, nope, not today. <laughs> the bowl said, no, no, you're going to put me in the microwave. I go in the microwave. <laughs> Toaster ovens are healthier, right? Like, it doesn't talk back, but yet you and I are vessels that can talk back. And God says, hey, I want to use you for this purpose. And we go, no. Nope. Now, usually we say no much nicer and more spiritually. We don't just say, Nope. We say, well, you know, Lord, I just don't know if I'm quite ready for all of that. I don't know if I'm... See, we're, we're, we're vessels who talk back. So God's looking for the vessels who say yes. I was joking about, I sense, many of us, here's, here's, here's the word, Lord, for you today. Stop being a spiritual toddler. Why? Because toddlers always say no. <laughs> no. You want to go to bed? No. You want to eat this? No. And yet, how many of us were spiritual toddlers? God wants us to mature because we keep saying no to God. And he loves us, but he can never trust us with very much because we won't grow beyond the no stage. Come on, somebody say, say yes. So we're a chosen generation. We're a royal priesthood. We're a holy nation. And I love this part because this is the foundation of all. So God's saying all this stuff is powerful. And he says, and I want you to know you're my special people. Someone tell your neighbor, you're special. <laughs> Someone tell your neighbor, <laughs> sorry, I'm just laughing. <laughs> Mike and I have this running joke sometimes where he started with me, but then I'll he's like, oh, you're special, huh? You want a cookie? You're special. You want a cookie? So, oh, you're special, my eye. You want a cookie, right? You're special. But here's the thing. As much as we laugh about something that God says, I want you to know you're special. You're precious to me. And this is so important because we can preach this message. It's like, yeah, you're a chosen generation, royal priesthood, holy nation. It's like, come on, let's do great things for God. Let's go. But the foundation for all that is we have to be grounded and rooted in the Father's love for us.
We have to know how special we are to God. And God wants you to know today that you are special to him. That Jesus loved you so much that he gave his life, not just for all of us, but for you. He called you by name. He redeemed you. He brought you back. That is how much you mean to him. And actually what I want to do today is I want you just to bow your head and close your eyes for a moment. Because I want to read to you something. We've used this before in encounters and different concepts. But it's something called the Father's Love Letter. And it was written by a man named Barry Adams where he literally just took scripture about how God feels about us and scripture about what God speaks over us. I actually want to read it over you today because I want you to receive the fresh love of your heavenly Father. Because if we try and do great things for God without understanding the great love that God has for us, we will usually end up in a ditch at some point. Great things flow out of receiving great love. So there's, there's verse references for each one of these. I'm, I'm not going to read the references just because it breaks the flow. But it says this, you may not know me, but I know everything about you. I know when you sit down and when you rise up. I am familiar with all your ways. Even the very hairs on your head are numbered, for you were made in my image. In me you live and move and have your being, for you are my offspring. I knew you even before you were conceived. I chose you when I planned creation. You are not a mistake, for all your days are written in my book. I determined the exact time of your birth and where you would live. You are fearfully and wonderfully made. I knit you together in your mother's womb and brought you forth on the day you were born. I have been misrepresented by those who don't know me. I am not distant and angry, but am the complete expression of love. And it is my desire to lavish my love on you, simply because you are my child and I am your father. I offer you more than your earthly father ever could, for I am the perfect father. Every good gift that you receive comes from my hand, for I am the provider and I meet all your needs. My plan for your future has always been filled with hope because I love you with an everlasting love. My thoughts towards you are countless as the sand on the seashore. I rejoice over you singing. You were singing. I will never stop doing good to you, for you are my treasured possession. I desire to establish you with all my heart and all my soul. I want to show you how great and marvelous things. If you seek me with all your heart, you will find me. Delight in me and I'll give you the desires of your heart. For it is I who gave you those desires. I am able to do more for you than you could ever possibly imagine. For I am your greatest encourager. And I am also the Father who comforts you in all your troubles. When you are brokenhearted, I am close to you. As a shepherd carries a lamb, I have carried you close to my heart. One day I'll wipe away every tear from your eyes and I'll take away all the pain you've suffered on this earth. I am your Father and I love you even as I love my Son Jesus. For in Jesus my love for you is revealed. He is the exact representation of my being. He came to demonstrate that I'm for you, not against you and to tell you that I am not counting your sins against you. Jesus died so that you and I could be reconciled. His death was the ultimate expression of my love for you. I gave up everything I love that I might gain your love and if you receive the gift of my Son, you receive me and nothing will ever separate you from my love again. Come home, and I'll throw the biggest party heaven has ever seen. I have always been father. I will always be father. My question is, will you be my child? I am waiting for you. And so, Father, we just pray right now, even this moment, even as we've been reading all scriptures about your heart for us, Father, we thank you for a fresh revelation of the Father's love.
Lord, I thank you for fresh revelation that, yes, we are a chosen generation. Yes, we are a royal priesthood. Yes, we are a holy nation. Yes, we are a peculiar people that would show forth your praises. God, we are a special people in Jesus' name, and we thank you for this in the name of Jesus. And I love this last part of this verse. It says, you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a special people that you may proclaim the praises of him who has called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. How many people are thankful today that God called us out of darkness? Come on, that's really the heart of it all. We were hopelessly lost. It was dark. We were without God. We were without hope. We didn't have any good thing in ourselves. We are headed towards destruction. We are headed towards eternal separation from God. But then God, because of his grace and because of his love, he came and he called you. He chose you. He redeemed you. He brought you back. And he said, I'm making you a chosen generation. I'm making you a royal priesthood. I'm making you a holy nation. I'm making you my own special people who I have called out of darkness into light. And I love this though. So what's our response? Our response is that we may proclaim the praises of him. You know what I loved about this season? I love this season was built around seeking God and focusing on God. It was not around conferences and meetings about how I could get more of this or how I could do better at that. I'm not against those things. God has principles for us to learn. But there's this higher place where you say, God, I'm here to proclaim your praises. God, I'm here to bring a sacrifice of praise. I'm here to bring a sacrifice of worship to you. That is my response. You chose me. You called me. You redeemed me. You set me free. You bought me back. You walk with me. You healed me. You, re- you, you, you make me whole. You are with me. Everything that you've done for me, I'm going to proclaim your praises. I'm going to declare who you are. I'm going to worship you. And my heart has been really stirred with this, guys. Will we take this all for ourselves or will we be those people who proclaim his praises. Isaiah 12, 3 and 6 says this, With joy you will draw water from the wells of salvation, and you will say in that day, Give thanks to the Lord. Call upon his name. Make known his deeds among the peoples. Proclaim his name, that his name is exalted. Sing praises to the Lord, for he has done gloriously. Let this be made known in all the earth. Shout and sing for joy, the inhabitant of Zion, for great in your midst is the Holy One of Israel. Toronto City Church, great in our midst is the Holy One of of Israel. Great in our midst is the Holy One of Israel. That is what this is all about. It's about Him. For Him all all things. Through Him are all things. He deserves the glory. Amen. Uh, Psalm 105 1-5 says this, Oh give thanks to the Lord. Call upon His name. Make known His deeds among the peoples. Sing to Him. Sing praises to Him. Tell of all His wondrous works. Glory in His holy name. Let the hearts of those who seek the Lord rejoice. Seek the Lord in His strength. Seek his presence continually. Remember the wondrous works he's done, his miracles, and the judgment he's uttered. Guys, that's what this season has been about. We are not coming to an ending, but we are coming to a beginning. And I believe it's a fresh beginning. It's a new thing that God is doing, even as we come into 2024. But it's centered around a people who answer the call and say, I answer the call to be a chosen generation. I answer the call to be a royal priesthood. I answer the call to be a holy nation. I answer the call to be that special people who call you who who show forth his praise who lift him up and in bottom line guys who say yes will we be those who say yes 
Will you say yes? Will we say yes in this season? That is the heart, and that is what God has called us to. He's called us to be the light of the world. He's called us to be a city set on a hill. He's called us to be salt and to bring all of his goodness, but he's looking for those who will say yes. Listen, it's been good, but it's time for great. You've been in house league, which is great, but it's time for rep. Right? It's time, it's time for Olympic level. It's time to level up in what God has for you. And so if you are someone today that your heart is, I want to say yes to God. When you say jump, I'll say how high. When you say run, I just say how fast. When you say go somewhere, I say yes, sir, and I'm already gone. If you want to be that kind of person and you want our church to be that kind of church, I want to invite you just to stand to your feet right now and just raise your hands to the Lord. This is your way of saying yes. God, that we say Say yes to you. Come on, I want you just in your own words right now. Just begin to lift him up. Begin to glorify him. And God, just to begin to declare, God, we say yes. We say yes to your word. We say yes to your ways, God. Lord, we've said yes for the last three months, but it's not done. We continue. Come on, lift up your voice today. Lift up and just declare, we say yes to you, Lord. We say yes, God, to be those people that declare your praise. Those people that, that lift your name up, God. Lord, those people that are your light, God. Those people that are a city on a hill. God, even in the middle of darkness, that we would be a city on a hill that shines your light in the city, in the nation, and the nations. In Jesus' name. Come on, just stir up in your heart. Praise his name today. Lift him up today. We're going to take a few moments with the team before we finish up today. We're actually going to put this into practice, and we're just going to lift his name up for a few moments. Can we do that today? Can we just respond and put this into practice today? So let's just take a few moments, and let's bring a sacrifice of praise and worship to the Lord.